I don't want to get involved with weirdos. It's not that fucking complicated. I, like, attract them. I don't know. It's because you're weird. I don't, I, what? I don't even know what to say to this. Why are you bringing this up right now? You couldn't have done this before? Offline? No. Oh my god, you're so dramatic. Just start the intro. (laughs) You're listening to Single and Unemployed, a podcast about two 28-year-old losers with absolutely nothing checked off of their before 30 timelines. Just kidding. Kind of. It's actually about being 20-something and still figuring life out. If you thought your life would look different by now, and you occasionally fill up with an existential feeling of dread, then this podcast is for you. We're here figuring it out right alongside you. And trust us, you're probably, maybe, exactly where you're meant to be. Okay, Katie. You know the drill. Let's hit him with the intros of who we are. Key highlights. Well... I'm getting to a point now where our, I'm genuinely starting to think that I'm not a loser. And uh, we might have to change our intro soon because things have been lining up for me pretty sweet lately. I got to be honest. Um, my job thing ended up happening last week. I'm back at work. I have a pretty sweet schedule so that I can do volunteer work that I want to do. Um, I'm still single, but like, as we already discussed, I really don't see that as a problem. And then, um, I just recently got accepted to go back to school. I kind of wish that I waited. I could have surprised you, but I got accepted into a master's program, which is crazy because I'm actually fucking terrified and there's no way of knowing if I'm going to be any good unless I try it. So I'm doing a master's online in counseling psychology, which means that I might be your therapist one day. And I hope that that fills you with joy and not dread. But even if it does, I'm all right with that because I feel, feel pretty fucking good right now. That just reminded me of when 16-year-old kids say they got their license and parents are like, okay, everybody off the roads. Oh, my God. <laughs> the thing is, is like, you know, the podcast trope of being single, unemployed, and like losers. Off, Like, it would get, you know, boring after a while. So mm-hmm. I just figured if one of us is inspirational, that would be helpful. Yeah, you're really carrying the team on that one. So I appreciate that. You're welcome. Are you going to ask me? or? Okay, wait. Just wait, let me, I just like want to sit in my glory for a couple more seconds. (laughs) Great. Okay. Anyways, with all that being said, Andrea, (laughs) would you care to update us on your life? Yeah. A part of me really wishes I had gone first. Um, (laughs) Still 28, single, currently unemployed, not a lot of movement happening on either front. (laughs) (laughs) You have a job interview next week. I do. I'm definitely interviewing, so I won't be unemployed for a really long time. But for now, nothing big to report. Wait a minute. You're really not going to tell them about Baseball Guy? Oh, there is that. That's true. (laughs) So me and Andrea had a meeting on Wednesday. It was a business meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, But what actually ended up happening is that uh, we drank some wine and had some beers and then um I think we cried for a bit at one point and then after all that was done we were a little bit buzzed and decided 
uh, well, I mean, Andrea decided, but I reinforced her decision mm-hmm. to message baseball guy the clip <laughs> of the podcast with the timestamp of which she talks about him. Yeah, that did happen. Pretty much mm-hmm. exactly like that. That was a really good account of the lead up. Um, yeah, I mean, the number one question I've been asked since we started this podcast is, have you messaged baseball guy yet? And my answer was, hell no, I'm never doing that. But yeah, the peer pressure got to me. I really didn't want to disappoint the fans. So I did DM him the clip via LinkedIn. Where the hell do things stand? Because I need you to tell the people they deserve it. What happened with that conversation? Okay. I sent him the link Wednesday night and then I forgot about it, went to bed, woke up the next morning, picked up my phone and there was a response. Basically, he was just like, I'm really glad to see you haven't been eaten by a bear. And that was in reference to me mentioning that I was voted most likely to get eaten by a bear in high school in the episode. And for the first time, you know, it hit me that this is all kind of embarrassing. Oh, that just hit you. Just in that moment, because I made a podcast about a stranger who I haven't seen in over 10 years, talked about how sexy he was, and then shamelessly DM'd it to him via LinkedIn. I think my favorite part of the story is that you did it via LinkedIn. There was literally no other way. But um, that is really what happened. It, it kind of fizzled out at that point. Did you guys not chat back and forth and catch up or you don't want I to- really want this to be over now. Oh my God. <laughs> She's always out here to do it for the comedy, but didn't realize the consequences of this one, I guess. Okay. So now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, really glad we can move on. Um, So this week's episode. (laughs) This week's episode. Here we go. Um, In honor of Katie getting into school to become a counselor and be a therapist, today's episode is all about therapy, baby. But. Oh, my God. Crazy subject. I know. I'm going to say, but what? But as a disclaimer, we are not therapists yet for Katie. Um, So we won't be giving advice or making recommendations. We're just going to have a conversation around our own thoughts and experiences of therapy and what that's looked like. So. Yeah. Katie, woman of the hour. Mm -hmm. um, Why don't you go. Yeah. Why don't you go first? Tell us about your experiences with mental health and therapy and what that's looked like for you. Okay, sweet. So yeah, um, it's been a long journey, friends, and uh, it probably started about 10 years ago, which is crazy. Um, Actually, literally right around the time that me and Andrea met was probably like the first time I realized that uh, my mental health was shitballs. Um, (laughs) It was like anxiety, depression, ADHD, and the whole nine yards. And, you know, the stigma was for a long time how we say uh, in Spanish, um, no bueno. Yeah, so not to oversimplify it, but it was bad times. And at the time, it was like, I honestly never thought that I was going to be 20. And then I never thought that I would go past 25. And I just genuinely, like, for most of my life, didn't really have, like, any 
idea like what my future would look like like really just couldn't look at my future because it was just struggling so much with my present um which I'm obviously happy to report is not the case now my life is really taking a turn for the better um obviously getting into school is huge I think that my experiences with mental health and like my natural sensitivity and empathy which is something that I've always really disliked about myself because I was always my heart just always hurts for people and I'm always like so looking to like make people feel better um, or talk things out. I just kind of didn't like that about myself because I thought it made me weak. And it's so funny how it spun into something where I'm like, yeah, no, this is this is what I'm meant to be doing. I'm meant to be helping people. Um, but I really wasn't inspired to start doing that until I did a lot of my own healing. Um, so some of that kind of came in the way of um, like self-help um, in terms of books and like meditation and yoga and like all that kind of stuff. But obviously, you know, you can't self-help away trauma and mm. you can't self-help away mental, serious mental health issues. And so um, I kind of got like stuck in the wellness industry for a while before I started going to therapy, um, which, um, you know, I really think some of these things are super helpful, but I also think that that whole industry with like the life coaching and all that stuff doesn't leave a lot of room for people with serious mental health issues. It can be kind of like difficult to look at these people who are like manifest your happiness and you're like, yeah, like that's just not an option for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that sometimes those things become a replacement for actual medical help for a lot of people, which is not super productive because as much as like I know that some people find a lot of value in those services you know in a in a time where like mental health is a clear crisis there isn't a ton of resources to see all these other things kind of crop up that are not super helpful for most people it is it is kind of a downer um so I think I think you know it's I do follow some coaches or who are like very self-aware who um do the work to like make sure that they're including all types of people um and then other people not so much but I guess my point is is like you can't really manifest happiness and happiness isn't something that you should aspire to have all the time because Mm. it is really just like a fleeting emotion like sadness or anger like happiness is just something that like happens but it isn't something that you should strive to feel all of the time because you're just always going to be really disappointed (laughs) um because that's not how life works people aren't happy all the time no and I think as, so, a, as a society, like, we hate feeling pain or negative emotions. So absolutely. we do spend so much of our energy just trying to be happy and suppress any other emotion that we don't want to feel. Yeah. So I think this is where therapy can come into play for some people. Um, for me, it took me until I was 26 to go. And I found a great person right away. I'm super, super lucky. And I was also fortunate at the time to have benefits that covered it, but I don't anymore. I pay out of pocket, but it's one of those things where I just consider it a non-negotiable. So I, Mm -hmm. I like sacrifice in other parts of my life. Um, like I'll just like stay in more on the weekend or like whatever it is that I need to do to save that money to, to go because, um, it is super valuable to me. So the best things that I possibly learned out of going to therapy are that um, when I learned like amazing coping mechanisms, which I think are so important Mm. um, because, um, you know, you need to be able to like do things on your own um, and support yourself. And obviously it's always good to have a support network, but when you have 
um, stuff that you can try first on your own. Like it keeps you from depending on other people to help you. Um, the other thing that I learned, which is like a really huge thing for people with mental health is that I learned how to trust myself. And that is so important when you're like very depressed or anxious, you have a really hard time trusting your own thought process. You look to other people for their opinions and thoughts on your life because you Mm. just genuinely feel like you can't trust what's going through your own head. And so therapy really changed my life in terms of like the fact that like, I know what's best for me now and I don't need someone else to tell me that. And I know how to take care of, take care of myself. And it's been like a really, really amazing feeling. Mm, Um, That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So living a life free of mental health is like, it's an interesting concept for me because I think like mental health struggles, I think like always like I'm kind of going to have to face them. Like they're just always going to be part of my own life. But now I just know how to, they live alongside me. You know, they're not, they're not my whole view. There's something that I can live alongside and like cope with versus mm. having them kind of run my life. And I'm sure there will be parts of my life where they'll crop up again and be more serious. But um, yeah, I, it used to feel like it was my whole story. Like I just like, I'm Katie and like, I have anxiety and depression. And now it's like, I'm Katie. And like, I sometimes live with these things and like, they aren't the whole story to me. Mm, But um, yeah, but I'm really happy that I went because I, it really honestly inspired me to realize how valuable it is to go to therapy Mm. and um, how much I was avoiding it thinking that like, I wouldn't be able to work through those emotions. Like I was, I was actually scared, you know what I mean? I was scared to go and work through those traumas that like, I thought I wasn't brave enough to face and it turned out that I was and it ended up being so, so good for me. I think that's super cool because as you enter into this profession, you have so much of your own experience that you can draw from and I think that'll really help keep you motivated because you have this firsthand understanding of what therapy can do in people's lives. That's amazing. For sure. Yeah. And it was also one of those things where when I was deciding when I wanted to go back to school for, I knew for a really long time that like I wanted to work in the mental health um, area. And it was just really scary for me because I, I, I was like, if I struggle with my mental health, should I really be helping other people? But if Mm. anything, like, that's like saying like, for me, that's also like, if you're a doctor, like if you can't do surgery on yourself, like what's the point of being a doctor? Like Mm. when you're a therapist, you can still go to see a therapist. When you're a therapist, like you can still like live with, with anxiety and help other people with theirs because you know how to manage yours. So then all of a sudden you're like, here are things that actually worked for me. And I know this because I went through it. And like, I think that like that that life experience is so valuable and I'm really happy that I went through what I went through because it's really become purposeful for me. And so, yeah, it does suck to have struggled with my mental health for about 10 years. Like, honestly, I don't want to like get super deep into it because it was there was a lot of really hard times and, you know, don't want to bum anyone out too much. But um, it's really cool to see something kind of come out of it on the other end to be like, oh, yeah, like. I learned all these great things. I had all this this experience. I realize now what I want to do with the rest of my life or what I want to start dedicating my life to. And yeah, it's been pretty fucking rad. So cool. 
I love it. So inspirational. <laughs> you're an aspiration. <laughs> Oh my god, Kare, you're an inspiration to me. It's just like weird that you're saying that to yourself. But yeah, it's not wrong. No, that was someone else. Oh, you didn't see that? That was someone else. Got it. Okay. So I know that you've also been going to therapy and that like this is the first time in your adult life that like you've really struggled with your mental health. So I just wanted you to talk about your experiences because I think that it's so interesting that like I've had like this long-term experience and come out to where I've come and yours has been a little bit more short-term kind of concentrated around some like major life events. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you're right. There is like chemical imbalances that can create um, mental health challenges. And then there's also situational experiences that can also create mental health challenges. For me, I think for sure, it was my most recent job. I was just under so much stress and it got to the point mm-hmm. where I was like, I actually don't know how to manage this. Um, I don't have all the tools and skills to be able to care for myself emotionally in this really difficult experience. So yeah, it was it was definitely the first time that I felt like, oh, I really need some help because my coping mechanisms and the things that I've leaned on throughout my life just aren't really working anymore. And I would say my overall experience and understanding of therapy has looked a little different because Mm -hmm. like everything else in my life, it's been shaped through the lens of religion. So yeah, I know a lot of our listeners are not Christians, so hopefully this will be an interesting take on therapy that they haven't heard before. Um, But I've been part of a lot of churches at this point, and it's crazy to see how different church communities view therapy. For example, Mm. yeah, for example, when I was 18, I was part of a church that was very pro-therapy, and they actually had therapists on staff that church members could book sessions with for free. That's amazing. Yeah, so this was my first experience of seeing a therapist. I didn't have any specific issues or things I wanted to work through, but I was just curious about therapy, and it was free, so I was like, yeah, sign me up. And then I ended up having some really huge personal breakthroughs through those sessions that I wasn't expecting. So from like a pretty early age, I was very open to therapy because I had seen that it can be good for people, even if you don't have these huge, um, you know, crisis moments. It's just a good way to, yeah, it can be a really good way to just improve your already positive life. Well, I think also just having an outside perspective is super, super important. And that's why when people I know are like, oh, I don't really think I should go to therapy. I'm like, well, you don't need something really major or like you don't need to be suffering from something really big to go. Sometimes it, it's just like a really insightful thing and can offer you maybe some ways to cope with things in your life that you're not really coping well with. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's actually, I think, where this kind of newer idea of positive psychology comes in because Mm. I think for the longest time, therapy and psychology was focused on people with very, very serious um, mental health challenges. And now it's becoming this place of, oh, actually, there are ways that psychology can just make people's lives better, even if they Mm -hmm. don't have those major mental illnesses. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just cool to see how the world is changing when it comes to therapy and and people being more open to it. 
But that being said, a lot of the churches that I've been part of haven't had that same attitude of being pro-therapy. Interesting. Yeah. I've seen pastors explicitly say during sermons that they don't really believe in therapy or they mock the concept of it or even just like the idea of self-help they just don't promote. I feel like that's dangerous because I understand where that's coming from, but it it's just not the reality. Like you there's so much more complicated it's so much more complicated than just having a a faith or a religion to depend on for your emotional support like oh yeah like you like you need so much more than that yeah and i think it can be both like i think your faith can really help with mental health but at the same time you can also have a really great therapist for sure you know it, it doesn't have to be one or the other But there's definitely this approach that some churches take of like, oh, you know, now that you've met Jesus, all of a sudden your problems will be gone. And he's kind of sold as this like product that magically eradicates addiction, pain, suffering, mental illness. And And you're like, life isn't that fucking simple. (laughs) Right. And the thing is, I actually believe that he can heal those things. And I've seen and experienced that. But he can also bring that healing through a really great doctor or therapist. Right. And this is where I think the there needs to be a bit of a shift because therapy is often necessary. And it just scares me that sometimes churches are like, oh, no, you just need to like pray more or read your Bible more. And they say these really shaming statements, mm-hmm. um, not intentionally, but they just don't have that same understanding of what therapy can actually do for people. Well, I think it's kind of interesting to draw the parallels too between like kind of like this religious idea that like Jesus is going to save you and like this like wellness kind of um, life coach thing where it's Mm. like manifesting will make you happy. Like, it really, those ideologies are really not that different. And both of them kind of deny the fact that like mental illness is a lot bigger than just your faith or spirituality. Um, you know, like they're, and I think it, I think it prevents a lot of people like from actually getting the help that they need. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people think they can like self-help or pray away their fucking, issues when in reality like they probably should be going to see a professional yeah that's such an interesting parallel and I think you're totally right it's rooted in the same idea that like you don't ever need professional help you can find it within yourself or within faith and it's not to say that those things can't have really positive benefits but when we use them to prevent people from getting the help that they really do need, if that's the case, this is where it becomes really dangerous. Right. That's super interesting. I, um, I'm obviously like, I'm not religious at all, but I, I do, I did like become very like, I don't know, I guess you could say spiritual when I was like in my mid twenties and, um, now not so much. Like I, I, I definitely, kind of had to back away from that stuff for a while just because of the fact that like yeah like this idea that you're supposed to help yourself really stopped me from taking the proper action that I needed to take to 
to heal myself um mm. and uh and learn to live alongside my mental struggles and so I don't even just look at my bookshelf right now and I have all these fucking self-help books but it's just so funny like you can't self-help book away deep-rooted trauma you just fucking can't you really it just can't. isn't gonna happen you can't go no. to fucking indigo and buy a 12 dollar book and be like this is it like I'm gonna beat my depression like sorry but yeah. like, life is just not that easy it's like way more nuanced than that Mm-hmm. I guess, like, the whole reason that we wanted to make this episode was to say, like, that, like, it's really important to, like, take steps towards taking care of yourself and tackling the painful stuff that you don't know how to deal with on your own. And I, wa- I like, I do want to acknowledge that, like, not a lot of people do have access to therapy. I know. And that's one of the biggest issues in, especially in Canada, where, like, we have free health care. Therapy costs a shit ton of money. I know. And unless you can get referred to a psychiatrist, which um, Ontario is covering some uh, some of that cost right now for people with severe mental health issues. If you're somebody who, like, is okay some of the time but can spiral and you're not qualified or you don't meet the criteria to see a psychiatrist, you're paying, like, 150 to $200 for an hour of therapy, right. which is crazy. And uh, so, like, you really hope that your benefits if you have benefits will cover it but even then it's just not it's not enough and the unfortunate thing is that mental health is only on the rise and and resources aren't on the rise so yeah yeah especially considering everything happening in the world right now with covid and this pandemic and all the fear and anxiety that comes with that it's like people need support and for sure yeah therapy can be so helpful for that and it just sucks that it's so expensive and not accessible Mm -hmm. and so it's like even if we can get rid of the stigma that does still somewhat exist around the concept of therapy Mm -hmm. yeah it's just so unfortunate that you know it's hard to find yeah it's hard to access I have found some free resources which I'll put on the well we can put in the description to this podcast um, on, like just through Ontario, um, some free, uh, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy links. Um, there's a free hotline, better help, a website that offers therapy is offering like a very discounted price to people that lost their jobs due to COVID. Um, so that's something to know. Um, I just want to acknowledge that like, while it's so amazing that we just happen to have that access to the, to good therapists, a lot of people are struggling to, to cope. And, you know, maybe that $12 Indigo book is the only thing that they can afford. And like that is that is what worries me about the wellness industry sometimes is that it's trying to fill a gap where there should be more legitimate mental health resources. Mm, Like that whole like change it yourself attitude, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Like that's where like there should be more room for mental health, real mental health resources. Right. Katie, you're going to be a great therapist. One can only hope. <laughs> I'm excited for you and for the people. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. It's it's like, I'm like, finally, you know, when you just have this, those moments where you're like, oh, shit, this is, this is it. Like, this is what I wanted to do. It's been on the tip of my tongue for 10 years, but here we are. Yeah. Finally, finally figured it out. So 
yeah, because that was that was pretty heavy, and like our most of our podcasts don't usually look like this. Um, we did another podcast, obviously, on mental health and burnout, but we just really wanted to make a point of saying like, take care of yourself and uh, do what is within your means, and kind of touch on our own experiences, hopefully, so like people will actually be able to relate to what we're going through, but. Um, it would be cool to end on a funny note. And I think that it's your turn for odds. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hit me. I actually didn't think of anything yet. So just give me a second. <laughs> okay. I got one. Ooh, that was fast. The odds that you will message that weird guy that you chatted with on our single and unemployed account, the CEO, from your personal account apologizing for whatever you did to make him block us. Okay, I would do that, except that he blocked my personal account as well. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. <gasps> That's so funny. I know, but to be fair, he blocked us before the episode came out. So no, I know. Oh, I did. I forgot to even update the family. But oh, yeah, um, that that story from last episode, was it last episode or the episode before? I think it was last week. Yeah, where Andrea was messaging that CEO of an Instagram social media company. And he like kept sending us pictures unwarranted. (laughs) Um, When she told him to please stop, he blocked her account and then I guess he blocked Angie's personal account he did and that was before the episode came out so he doesn't even know that we talked about it and now (laughs) I guess you can't message him I really can't there goes odds for the day Thank you so much, you guys, for listening to this week's episode. Um, I know it was a little bit on the heavier side again, but we just want to make sure that we're being as real with you as possible. Um, it's me and Andrea's belief that talking openly about our mental health is also going to be really helpful for you guys, hopefully, um, because I think that relating to people going through similar struggles is one of the best things that you can do. Thank you so much. We love you. Take a shower. Cut it. Cut it.